He is worthy. He is worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Talking about the wealth or the value of things. I read the other day where if you bought a bar of iron for $5, you could make it into horseshoes, and the value is about $12. If you made it into needles, it'd be worth about $3,500. The same amount of iron, if you made it into springs for watches, the value would be $300,000. So when you talk about value of things, it really depends on what you want to make out of what you have. What you want to make out of who you are. You can sell yourself awful cheap in this world. There's a lot of opportunities to sell yourself cheap, just cheap. But when you really value your life and value the things that God has given to us, you put it all together, and God knows how to make you pure gold for him. Tried in the fire, coming out right. Praise God. We spent the last few days helping the McCoys, being with the McCoys. They're very thankful for the home church and the loss of their son, an early age, heartbreak, but yet hope in God. We were great part of the kingdom of God. If you just saw that or heard that go silent, it's because I was holding it wrong habit of doing that and that's where the antenna is so every once in a while they've got to tell, remind me to I don't know if they turned it off on purpose to remind me or not but they have to remind me to hold the mic right because the antenna doesn't work unless you hold it right so it is with God if you don't hang on to God right it don't work right praise God if you have your Bibles or care to turn with me to the book of Jude chapter 1 verse 11 there's only one chapter there but verse 11, an often used scripture, but I want to draw from it tonight. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. And that's all I want to read from that scripture because I don't want to deal with the rest of it, but there's great message and lessons in each one of those as they ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward, the gainsayings of Korah. But I want to preach to you tonight about the way of Cain. The way of Cain. Savior, help us today as we break the bread of life and bring to your children what is eternally written in the word of God. We ask you to give a revelation to our minds and hearts today that we may know you and understand you. And I pray that you will work effectively with your word tonight. We ask it in the wonderful name of the Lord. And somebody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Adam and Eve conceived a child and named that child Cain. And they said that we had gotten a man from the Lord. And of course, then they bore another child named him Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. 
both in the agricultural department, but yet different in ways of response. The Bible said that it came time for a sacrifice that Cain brought forth from the ground, the fruit of the ground. Gave that to the Lord and Abel brought forth his sacrifice, one of the firstlings of his flock. The Lord had respect unto Abel's offering. Abel brought that which he knew could never live again. And Abel, excuse me, Abel brought that which he knew could never live again. But Cain brought forth that which he could take and replant the seed of that sacrifice. In other words, it wasn't a total sacrifice because what he gave to the Lord in that offering, he could take the seeds from that and reproduce it many times over. But when Abel brought his sacrifice, he brought the firstlings of the flock. In other words, what he gave, he gave it to God with no respect of return. And God had respect unto Abel's offering but he was displeased with Cain. And the Lord spoke to Cain when he recognized that his countenance had fallen because he was not accepted. He asked Cain the question, why is thy countenance fallen? If you do well, you will be accepted. It's a message in that that we could learn today, that if you do well, you will be accepted. In a church, there's always the growth maturity of young people that when they get to a place in life, they don't know whether they're accepted or not. But when you do well, you will be accepted. When you do what's right, you will be accepted. But he went on to say something that should shake us a little. He said, if you don't do well, then sin lieth at the door. It behooves us today to recognize what we must do to be accepted of God. It's not just a choice of ours to do what we please if we want to please God. We must recognize that if we do well, we will be accepted by God. The real answer to it is found in the Bible, of course. And so many people today are getting away from the Bible and not following the Bible and so the acceptance of God is not there because they want to offer something of their talent or something of their goodwill and not give God something that cannot come back to them in the carnal sense, but only be able to give God something that will come back in the spiritual sense. Cain drew his brother into the field. And as they talked, they became angry about the sacrifices. I don't know the conversation. The Bible doesn't really give us a clear indication of the conversation. But somehow in the conversation, Cain recognized that he was not accepted or his sacrifice was not accepted. I don't know whether Abel bragged somewhat. I don't know what brought the anger to the place that it became what it was, but in the conversation it developed into such an anger that Cain slew his brother Abel. 
Then, of course, buried him in a shallow grave and thought everything would be covered and everything would be well till God came on the scene and asked Cain, where's your brother Cain? Cain kind of threw the shepherd role into it and because Abel was a keeper of the sheep, he was kind of a shepherd. So he threw that role out and said to God, I don't know where he is. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, he threw that little shepherd gig back at God to kind of challenge God a little bit. Am I the keeper of the sheep? Am I my brother's keeper? And that, of course, made God return to him with the response, you know where your brother is. For the voice of thy brother's blood cries out from the ground even as we speak. And then he turned to Cain and said to him, you are cursed from the earth. And the very ground that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood will be cursed and you'll till the ground by the sweat of your brow. You will work and labor as a vagabond, a fugitive. It shocked Cain so much that he made a statement. He said, my punishment is too great for me to bear. You have driven me out today. It's interesting the phrases that Cain used. He said, you've driven me out this day from the face of the earth and from the face shall I be hid. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond. I will wander everywhere people hear of me or see me or know much about me will try to slay me and kill me. But the scripture that is shocking said, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, which was east of Eden. The shocking remarks that he made to God came crashing down upon him when he said, my punishment is too great for me to bear. I can't stand to be a vagabond. I can't stand to be a fugitive. I'm going out from the presence of the Lord, and I can't handle it. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord in such a way that shook him that everywhere he went, the fear of somebody having revenge upon him was there. He recognized that I am now out of my normal life and lifestyle. We could say that Cain was a religious man when you look at the fact that he tried to give a sacrifice, but he had no reliance upon the word of God. Truly, these two boys raised by Adam and Eve must have known the blood sacrifice was important. They surely had heard the stories of mom and dad that spoke of leaving the Garden of Eden. And in the process of leaving, God had to kill an animal to clothe them. And he put the animal skins on them to clothe them. But yet, Cain really didn't pay much attention to it. Evidently, the story did not affect him that it cost 
a life to have redemption. It cost a life to change the circumstances. He was not irreligious in his actions. He was not totally oblivious to what needed to be done. He just didn't do it the way God wanted him to do it. Too many people in religion today, just religion, they do things according to the dictate of an organization or some form of religious hierarchy. They don't understand that really the Word of God is higher than man and the obedience to God is more important than any religious body. He kept his cultic duties, his attitude, his irreligious ideologies, uh, the fact that he committed murder right after some form of sacrifice to God should help us realize that though you can be religious in some form of sacrifice, you still have to have your heart right with God and you have to have an answer of a good conscience towards God. He offered his sacrifice to the Lord, but it was one that he wanted to give. It was one that didn't cost him anything. It was of the fruit of the ground that could very easily be replaced in contrast to a blood sacrifice by his brother. He offered a sacrifice at the same time, it seems, as his brother Abel. But his sacrifice was different, as was pointed out. He does not fail to offer the sacrifice. He recognizes the existence of God. He recognizes his place that I need to do something for God. But he wasn't willing to do what needed to be done right. He recognized that it is important for a man to approach God and to bring a sacrifice. In fact, he acknowledges in his life and doctrine that there is a need for sacrifice. But it wasn't according to the word of God. So when a person makes a profession of religious faith, when they make a confession of hope, it needs to be based on the word of God, not some theology, theological approach from some religious background. We need to recognize today there is a right way. For Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's interesting that the Bible in the New Testament, in the book of Jude, refers to the way of Cain. The way of Cain. In contrast to the New Testament chapter and scripture that speaks of Jesus being the way. Somewhere we need to recognize all that we have to live for is what God has promised us. We need to recognize that somehow by the hearing of the word of God and the preached word of God, we can take faith in what the Bible said tonight. We've seen the baptism of a young man that's made a commitment to live for God according to the word of God. Baptism is scriptural. It's to be done in the name of Jesus by the scripture's teaching. Somewhere we need to recognize that the way of Cain was a road. In Phoenix, Arizona, where I pastored for five years, uh, on the east side of Center, Central Avenue, there was avenues, ways, and places. And ways was road. They had addresses. People lived there. 
on particular ways. Even in town, we have streets that are named a certain name and then way because it is a road. It's a path you take. That's why the New Testament referred to this as the way of Cain. I think the way of Cain is something that we need to realize today in obedience to the word of God, that Cain was in disobedience to God. Some things were right. Some things were normal. He knew that there needed to be a sacrifice. He knew there needed to be some offering to God. But the completion of it was not according to what God wanted. I wish I knew how to help people realize today that God is such a God of detail that his word is laid out plain. Baptism in Jesus' name is not hidden. It's not undefinable. It is true in the Bible. There are so many people that walk down the road or the way of life, not making right decisions based on the word of God. So tonight, I have come to preach to you about the way of Cain. It's a fair assumption that Cain was taught the proper way. It's a fair assumption that Cain understood that sacrifice must be according to what God wanted. Since he did not come by faith, he thought works would work. Things that he could do and accomplish himself would suffice. And I say thank God for those that have the ability to give and make things happen in the kingdom of God. But that's not all there is to living for God. There's a spiritual side of what we, we must do and fulfill to complete the plan of God in our life. Otherwise, we walk the way of Cain. These two sacrifices should teach us that it's important to, for us and the attitude that we have towards God should be based on faith in the word of God and live by that point with everything that's in us. This road that you take, the road that you walk, the life that you live, the way you go in life must be according to the word of God. There are things of God that you must believe and that you must take by faith when you understand the will of God, it's based on the word of God. There's only one God. There's not a multiplicity of gods. His name is Jesus. And we walk down the path of life understanding there's only one God. And his name is Jesus. We live by that. We understand that. It was, what, it was Cain's way. It was the way Cain wanted to do it. And then he got angry because it wasn't accepted. Somewhere in life, get a hold of yourself and say, I'm not giving of myself like I give to God. I'm giving to God what he wants and how he wants it in obedience. It is a road of unbelief. It's a road that ends in murder. Maybe the severity of the word murder is not what we would think of in our own failure or disobedience to God because many people fail God and go down the path and the road of unbelief and never commit murder. So I would not propose to you today in this message that the end result of your life would be murder if you disobey God. But yet, 
if you understood really what happened in that first family's life, there was a death that came to them when they were kicked out of the garden. When they left that garden of paradise and was kicked out of there, there were several things that brought to their mind there was a death in their life. For the promise of the word of God was, if you ate of the tree, you would surely die. They didn't die immediately, but it was a death. It was a death because the road they took separated them from God. Well, you see, every evening God would come in the cool of the evening, and he would enjoy the fellowship of his new creation. They would enjoy his fellowship until Satan began to question in their mind, is this essential? Is this necessary? Is this really what you ought to do? For if you really ate of the tree of life, your eyes would be open and you would understand good and evil. They understood after the results of that eating of that fruit that day that there was a spiritual death. It was a separation from God. They were separated from his daily commune with them. I want to tell you today, there's nothing better than having sweet communion with Jesus Christ. There's nothing better than having fellowship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I watched, and in fact, I saw, even as yesterday, the effects of sin on people's lives and the things, the road they had taken, the way they had gone, and the effects of sin on their life was tragic. I hardly recognize them. But I'm here to preach to you today. You don't have to go that path. Just, just obey God. Do what God wants and you'll be accepted. You don't have to worry about being rejected by God when you obey his word. It's not my way. It's not Cain's way. It's God's way. And when we recognize that, oh, hear me. If we recognize that, we will be accepted of him. We will be accepted of him. My, the essence of sin or the beginning of sin or the foundation of sin really is unbelief. Simply unbelief. Unbelief separates you from God. Unbelief separates you from the will of God. Not necessarily is it immorality. Not necessarily is it some great sin. It just separates you from God. When you just start believing, I don't have to go to church. I don't believe I need to go to church. I don't, I don't believe I have to worship God. I don't believe I have to dress holy. I don't believe I have to do what God tells me. It's different today. This is 2019. We don't have to obey the Bible. It's an outdated book. It's an old book. Let me just remind you... Uh, this Bible is still the number one seller in America. It may not be the number one used book, but it's the number one seller because still in the conscience of some, they feel like if they have a Bible at home, maybe it'll be sufficient. But it's not sufficient just to have a Bible. It's sufficient to obey the Bible. Somewhere... We need to realize that the perversion of our society and the confusion of our society in sexual matters or in personal matters is taken away from the very things that God wants for them. 
oh, I know it's politically right to allow everything that we want to be. It's politically correct just to be what we are. It doesn't matter to God. But I came to preach to you today, Cain's way got him as a vagabond, searching, longing, looking, trying to find something, trying to replace what he lost. So many times I see people that have left the church or got involved with the world too much and continue do they, continually they seek something that they used to have and cannot find it. Let me just say this again tonight. A church, a great apostolic church, has similarities to a rock concert. A rock concert, they have to have talent. They have to have music. They have to have people. They have to have the entertainment factor. But they have to have drugs and alcohol and immorality to make it happen. Let me tell you about the church of Jesus Christ. We have talent. Oh, yes, we have talent. We have beautiful talent, and I thank God for it. We have some of the best singers in the world in the apostolic church. We have some of the best musicians that, that you could ever find in an apostolic church. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. But the difference in an apostolic church and a rock concert, oh, they worship, oh, they raise their hands, oh, they shout. They dance, but they have to have immorality and drugs to do all of that. The difference in an apostolic church, uh, we don't have to have drugs. We don't have to have immorality. We don't have to have that to have church. Uh, we have talent. We have the ability. We have all of that because we have the anointing of Almighty God. We have the presence of Almighty God in this place. That is the difference. We shout, we dance, we lift our hands. Why? Because we love the presence of God. Just like those that go to a rock concert, they love the beat. They love the music. They love the loudness of it. They get excited about it. And let me just tell you, friend, if you don't get excited about being saved, if you can't get excited about being filled with the Holy Ghost, if you can't get excited about living for God, if you can't get excited about doing what God wants you to do, you may have to have drugs. You may have to have all that. We don't have to have that. We came to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords because he is our God. He is our Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. But unbelief comes in. And unbelief begins to torment individuals and say, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. We understand the essence of sin really is unbelief. And listen to this scripture. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. An evil heart. Every time you want to say, I don't believe that's necessary, that's an evil heart of unbelief. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But listen here. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened 
through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. You see, life is like a road. And how you get on or off of that road depends on where you want to eventually go. You're on the road of life. My, there are so many detours in life. There's so many ways to get away from God. Our world offers so much to get away from what we feel in this place today. I wonder how many of you have already felt the presence of God. When you stop and consider what we feel in this house when we worship God is not drummed up by philosophy. It's not drummed up by vain deceit. It's not drummed up by the things of the world. You don't find what you find in an apostolic church in the world. What you find in an apostolic church is the anointing from God Almighty and unction of the Holy Ghost. Exhort one another. You need to encourage one another. Hey, we're children of the Most High God. We're believers in the Bible. We stand for truth. We stand for separation. We stand for righteousness. We stand for what's right. We need to exhort one another. Hey, we saw you miss last week. We need to exhort one another. We need to help one another out. When we see somebody stumbling and falling, don't kick them while they're down. Don't spread gossip while they're down. That's the way of Cain. That's the way of humanity. But the way of God said, hey, we need you. We love you. We're praying for you. The church is where the answer is. That's where hope is. Living for God is the answer to life. Exhort one another while it's called today. Lest you become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. My. Then he said, why it is said Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, albeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved for 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Again, a form of death came. So many times people don't realize until it's too late. I preached some time back about dehydration. And I won't preach the whole message. In fact, I won't preach very much of it. But dehydration causes your thinking to change. It causes things to happen in your body. You need water. Our bodies are 70% water. We're some 90 pounds of water alone. When we stop and consider that we need water it is a great thing. I drank a whole bottle of water before I began to preach because I'm going to probably sweat that much out. But did you know that you're dehydrated before you ever know you're thirsty? It is a scientific medical fact to know that before you ever feel the cotton balls in your mouth, you're already dehydrated. It's too late. If you don't stop right then and hydrate your body. You see, things in life, things we go through can separate us from God until we don't even realize we're away from God. Somebody walks away and don't attend church and don't hear preaching. My, you're going to listen to so much political 
venom in our world. That's why when we come to the house of God, we just shut everything out. We worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords because we've heard so much garbage. We've heard, we've heard so much trash in our world. No wonder apostolics love to come to the house of God. Here's some good, wholesome music. Here's some beautiful, anointed singing. This is not our way. It's God's way. It's God's way for us to worship him. I came to tell you tonight, you will never find in the world what you can find in an apostolic church. Oh, you can go your way. You can do your thing. You can have your fun. But you know what our world is doing today? There's too many youthful suicides in our world. There's too many deaths of young people in our world because they chose to do it their way and to walk their way somewhere. You need to realize God makes it better when you see him. 19th verse said, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Somewhere you have to get to the place where you believe God if you really want to enter into the sanctuary of rest and peace and victory and wholesome and righteousness. you got to start believing in something. Oh, I don't believe that, preacher. I don't believe what the Bible said. That's an outdated book. I'm telling you, it has survived the test of time. It's still right. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. My, it's evident in the history of Cain that he did things his way. He did it the way he wanted to do it. He's a man who did not believe the word of God and that issued into his own sacrifice and it was contrary to the will of God. When you do your own thing and say it doesn't matter, I don't believe that. I don't believe the Word of God. I don't believe in the Spirit of God. I don't believe in the Holy Ghost. I don't believe in baptism in Jesus' name. Then you are in unbelief. And you're doing your thing your own way. Book of James chapter 1 verse 12 said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust, his own way, and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, when lust has conceived, the word conception has to do with birthing and the beginning of life. At a conception, there is a life that begins. Early in that conception, there's a heartbeat. So it is in the understanding of this scripture. Plainly it said, when lust is conceived, or when it starts to bring forth something. Lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Before you think I'm thinking that you'll literally die immediately when you sin, that's not the death that he's speaking about. It's the separation from the presence of God. It was a death that came in his way. The Bible said he went out from the presence of God. 
He no longer felt the benefits. He no longer felt the presence of God. He never felt, again, what he should have felt. So he went on, and this scripture said, Do not err, beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. Judas went out at night. When the door shut behind Judas, after the Lord told him to do what he's going to do quickly, and the door shut behind him, it was night. But night was just kind of a saying because though the sun had gone down and darkness was there, it was more than that because night had settled into his life. The illumination of right things had grown dim and it became dark. And the Bible said, Judas went out and it was night. Very similar setting as Cain. He went out from the presence of the Lord. James is teaching us about faith and works. And he drops in the middle of his message this phrase. My, thou believest in one God, thou doest well. The devil believes and trembles. Start by believing in one God. Start by believing who Jesus really is. He's not some figment of our imagination. He's not some past deity that has died and forgotten. He's a living Christ, and he's in this place right now. God is in this place right now. You can go your way. You can do your own thing. But if you don't have Christ, you really don't have life. And life is full of ways you can go and things that you can do. I read this just recently. Elizabeth Barrett Browning was alienated from her family because of her marriage to Robert Browning. Her father had forbade any of her 12 children to marry. She ultimately eloped with Robert and moved to Italy. She wrote letters to her family weekly for years in hopes of reconciling. She never received a reply. After many tears and a year before her father died, she received a package in the mail. They were the letters that she had written to him, unopened, her pleas thus rejected. Those letters became a literary classic and are considered to be among the most beautiful writings in English literature today, they say. I just wonder today how God feels towards reconciliation of the human race when after years have passed, his biblical letters of appeal, his, de his definite plans of reconciliation goes completely unopened by you or me. I don't know what God would do. Many have no idea about what God is saying to them in the letters that's in the Bible. And I'm trying to close, but I want to tell you today, God has sent you a letter 
that's his way. You can reject it. You can turn it away. You can walk away from it if you please. But you'll search for what you found in this house today and never be able to find it because the world doesn't have it. God's children have it. God has it. It's his way. For Jesus is the way. The Bible said the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is waiting on a world to recognize your way hasn't brought you what you really want. When you lay your head on a pillow at night, are you completely satisfied with your feelings towards God? Are you completely happy with your life and the way you've lived? God is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. These are letters of invitation to a people today. This world's not going to last forever. Politicians are putting times on it. Two presidential nominees are searching for the nomination. One said 12 years, the earth is over. Another beat him out and said 10 years. I'm saying God could come tonight. When you recognize your way hasn't brought you salvation, why not choose God's way? For a thief comes to the unprepared, not to the prepared. Other scriptures talk about being prepared. If the strong men of the house knew when the thief would come, he would be prepared for it. But the thief comes to the unprepared, or those that are not at home, or those that are not ready. The thief comes to those that carelessly leave things around, laying things in open where the thief can take things so readily. Your salvation is more important than to just leave it anywhere or carelessly think that life, life is not what it should be. So we recognize today that the thief comes to the unprepared. Today you can be prepared for the onslaught of hell and destruction of the world. You can be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Oh, the coming of the Lord, you say. For since the fathers fell asleep, we've heard the same story. We've heard the same old thing. And yet he hasn't come yet. But I want you to know there's a body of believers that still believe Jesus Christ is coming. There's those that have a feeling in their spirit that we're on the brink of something tragic in our world, but glorious for the coming of the Lord. I'm here to tell you today, you can find your way to the Calvary. Verse 12 said, Looking forward and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, Look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Righteousness. My Mahatma Gandhi said, 
The things that will destroy us is politics without principle, pleasure without conscience, wealth without work, knowledge without character, business without morality, science without humanity, and worship without sacrifice. Somewhere we need to pray for our country and our church and our young people. Too many young people just make up their minds they're going to live the way they want to live and the consequences of it. I was made very aware this weekend when I visited with I think it was six family members. The parents lived a life of promiscuity, but instead of abortion, they put those children up for adoption. They're now up in their 40s, 50s, and I thought, what a testimony to those that think they could live in sin and abort lives just casually when others were adopted and they became Christians or humans or workers or laborers or successful business people or married people. You see, the way of Cain says, I'm going to do my own thing, and the consequences doesn't matter. But today you can make up your mind that I'm going to live for God, for Jesus is the way. As we stand, you have before you the choice of life, or spiritual death. You have the choice to make in your life. My way hasn't brought everything that I need. I need something better. I can promise you God's way is much better than my way. God's way is much better than your way. God's way is the answer. Why don't you lift your hands together and thank the Lord that you've been adopted into the great family of God. He's given you a new name, a name that is above every name. He separated you unto himself for his kingdom and his purpose. Oh, lift your hands with a voice of triumph. Thank God that he found you where you were and he changed your life gave you a brand new direction worship Draw as they see close to you never let me go
Is it really the end result that you no want? No one else will do. Or can you say, I want God's way. Nothing else can take I want the way of truth. To I want God. Oh, sing it. Help me. 